Hello and welcome to the latest from Heart Standard. My name is Joel Skett and I'm delighted to be joined by Liam Corbett from This Is My Story as we look back on the first half of the season for Heart of Midlovian. How's it going, Liam? All good, mate. All good. Did you have a good New Year? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, it was... Um, uh, as listeners may have heard, ended up in uh, a pub in uh, on Leaf Walk, listening to Sunshine and Leaf as uh, as uh, the bells ticked in. So that was uh, that was interesting. Yourself? <laughs> yeah, quiet, quiet. Always helps when hearts are winning, doesn't it? Oh, mass makes makes a massive difference. I, I had the I the dreaded fear uh, going into the second when I uh, the Livingston it just in and in years gone by that's just one right. You're 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 not winning that game no matter what's right. happening. I know. So kicking straight off, basically, we'll, we'll kind of look back at the season so far. How do you think, and kind of genuinely, how do you think the season's gone? The preferable mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, for the highs sort of Rosenberg to the lows of St Mirren, Motherwell at home, etc. But I think that the, something's clicked with the team. We've, we've spoken about it at length. Like some of their favourite Hearts teams have been sides that have been identifiable that like you kind of know what you're going to get with them sometimes it's great football at George Burley sometimes it's just you're in for a fight you're going to have to be good to beat us like Craig Levine's yep. 2000 the 2002 team and we've seemed to have stumbled onto something that works for us we all bemoaned Robbie Nielsen I get slaughtered for it all the time for him you know the Poundland Pep you know, all the, the different formations, all the Vogue formations that it's seen on Match of the Day, and then we're watching Cammy Devlin and, and players like that trying to execute them on a pitch and being like, I have no idea what we're doing. Stephen A. Smith has kind of felt to me like he's kind of went back to basics and went, no, this is what we're going to do. These are where we get the best players and their best positions and get them in the best areas of the park. And weirdly, that's 5 4 1. <laughs> Or three five two if you're if you're yep. into playing champ man, but uh, it's essentially five four one, but it's working. So, aye, a total mixed bag. Yeah, so I mean, the it's been it's a kind of kind of ro- um, roller coaster that sorts because you look at you go back to that Rosemary game that was because uh, that's that's like a, a Hearts team that I want to like like that I think that was like the perfect example of what Hearts fans want to see uh, in general. From the from their team, the and like coming out with Tank Castle at night, just everything was bouncing. I was I was working the game and came out at an hour and a half, two hours after full time. And uh, Gorgi Road was just, like just wild, like folk coming out of pub, still singing. It was just it was great. And then never really kicked on from there. Like said, there was real struggles. I, I thought the I thought the biggest there was a big change when we got beat by Celtic at Tank Castle, and then that kind of. Coupled with Atkinson's injury, Naismith like right need to change this and change it to a back three or back five. Like said, him it's probably not exactly what he wanted to do, but I think it's shown there's been a pragmatism to him and a realization of what what's required to win, but also what's required to get the best out of individual players. Because like you look at when Cami Devlin tried to play off the right hand side against St Mirren. And we've not seen that like any more of that. It's just been guys in their strongest positions, a nice balance within the team, and we're an absolute nightmare to play against. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's 
it's acknowledging who we're playing against as well. How many times have we tore our hair at watching Hearts play St Mirren and Gogic turns into prime Zidane, you know, and we think we knew that's what he was going to do. Andrew Shinney at Aberdeen, we knew he's going to sit in front of the back three, the back four, whatever to play, and he's just going to break up play. We watched Scott Brown do it when he played at Aberdeen, and we seemed like clueless that that's what they were going to do. And I think, like, the Livingston game's a perfect example. Peter Haring's been drafted in from the cold almost, from his mistake at Ibrox. But we knew that he, we need him. We need him just sitting in that hole because Livingston are going to go from back to front every single time. You know, the, mm-hmm. Every player apart from their middle of the park is eight foot tall and it's all going to be about second balls and winning second balls and winning headers and getting getting the ball out of dangerous areas where Livingston looked to play. So I've liked it that Naismith has started to look more about like how other teams are going to set up against us and how we can get the right players in the right positions rather than trying to be sometimes a bit too fancy, like you said, Cam and Devon playing wide right away to St Mirren with near enough nobody in the middle of the park and then we want to come away from there being like, what was it, did it finish 1-0 on paper? But it was about 5-0, I think they, they had about four goals chopped off. But <laughs> yeah. For offside, and I'm like, well, obviously we played with no one in midfield. Like, what did we think was, was going to happen? So... I'm hoping that it was because the penny clicked or dropped with him, or even if it just petulance, because if he thought, well, after, like you said, after that Celtic game, when it was like, right, fine, well, do you know what I mean? if you didn't want expansive and exciting football or whatever, then I'm just going to play 5-4-1 and you'll get what you get. <laughs> and we've won 8 out of 11 or whatever it's turned out to be. And I, I think there is, I think you, 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 um, he's spoken about it, noticed it after, I think it was the Kamarnock game, uh, the second one won in the league and then the Livingston game spoke about it and he just basically just said if there's there's no point coming here and just like obviously he wants there's this way the way he wants to play but he's also got the understanding now that the way he wants to play it's likely not going to work at Kilmarnock it's not going to uh, work at Livingston you need to uh, you need to basically earn the right to do that and that's I think that's 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 been a change and in general, Stephen Ace, I know, um, I know you certainly had your doubts uh, early on the, the season. Has has he changed your mind? Any Hearts manager that wins football matches will change minds. Um, <clears throat> I think loads of people forget that it's slightly different to the Robbie Nielsen situation, right? Because again, there was bitterness always hung over Robbie, and Robbie was almost almost fighting against the current with some Hearts fans, probably myself included. Uh, but Stephen Naismith started off on the wrong foot and that was none of his design. That was the club's fault. You know, the, the club should never have brought in the situation that we had for Europe. They just painted a target on his back, not only for Hearts fans, but rival fans. You, you know yourself, as soon as Hearts drop points, everyone's going to be, oh, who's the manager? Who's going to get sacked? Because of that daft situation. And then I think as well, when we got ready, Robbie, we heard from the club about how we have this vast, expansive list of the next best managers coming through because we're always prepared. We've always got a contingency plan should Robbie leave or be sacked or whatever it be. And then we appointed the guy that was two, two rooms down the road for where the board is, etc., etc. So I think that he was always... On, the sort of, on a back foot, he was two steps back for the, the start line when he first started. I don't think him, I don't even think he would argue that the start to the season wasn't good enough. And I think that we need to break that cycle as Hearts fans where folks seem 
almost like we're not allowed to criticise where we're at. We won two home games in the opening round of fixtures. It's not good enough for Hearts. It's not good enough for any Hearts manager. Uh, also, the European games as well. Hearts need to break this cycle of being the, the happy just to be at in Europe or happy just to be at Hamden, etc, etc, for semi-finals and finals. It's about winning games. Look at Aberdeen. Aberdeen beat Frankfurt, drew with Pauk. They, they went toe-to-toe with these teams. Pauk absolutely battered us in Greece, like 4-0, because again, I always have this thing that we were just happy to be there. Look at Rosenberg, when we went toe-to-toe with them, we beat them. You know, we, we get a scalp. Uh, so, the start of the season wasn't good. Uh, I don't think he would, you've spoken to, to, to Stephen Nesmith, you know that you'd probably say that it wasn't. But I think, like you said, since the Celtic game, we've went back to basics. It's helped that we've got players back. You know, it's been so good to have Benny back. It's good to see Halkett back. I said that even at Livingston, I don't think Halkett had an unbelievable game, but the one thing that Halkett did that, that I'd like to see Rose and Atkinson and, and Hoff, the, some of the, the foreign boys, get up to grips with is that Guthrie for the first 11, 12 minutes of that game, he ran as ragged. And then Halkett just started pulling him, standing on him, getting touched tight, nipping him, biting him, whatever it needs to be. He did all the dark arts and it sucked him out of the game. He was no longer, mm-hmm. and they weren't, they weren't playing amazing. They weren't, Halkett wasn't superb, but he was all over him like a rash. And how many times have we watched, you know, Kyle Rouse, for example, try you know, burst out of defence to go on a, a Zal-type run to go, win the ball back in a, a promising position in the opposition half, and then he does neither, and they pop it around him and score like Rangers at home, you know, and it's good to see those players come back. So, yeah, I, I, I'm impressed, I've been impressed with how he spoke as well. It's one thing that, the things that he's talking about, uh, the way he handled the Xander Clark situation as well, uh, in his post-match at the Derby was brilliant. You know, he acknowledged that we we were all there. We all got a bit giddy when we seen Craig Gordon warming up. You know, but Xander Clark is the best goalkeeper in the league currently in terms of clean sheets, uh, saving penalties, doing well. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that the tide is turning. But let's say we're halfway through the season. We've got to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, keep keep winning matches. The home form's the big one for me. We, we've got to start, I think currently we've won four home games this yeah. season. We need to start getting the identity that we seem to have away from home needs to be now brought to home. How do we get the crowd more engaged? How do we get... Because we're creating chances, but not enough. Uh, not enough. So that's probably the only, the only bit or the halfway report card that needs to improve currently is probably the home form. Yeah, because you look at a, a few things on the Swift, and I, I, I'm with you. I really like, uh, really like a lot of things he says. Dude, uh, across his heart's uh, management career, I've agreed with everything he said. No, but um, you're never going. That's never going to be the, the case. But I do like the, I do like a lot of the points he makes. There's, there's reason behind it, and he's, he's, he's a type of manager where. You you can ask him anything and he'll give you give you a detailed answer and there'll be thought behind it and it won't just be he won't just reach for a, a kind of cliche and it'll kind of fob you off. There'll be no matter what you ask him, he he'll he'll answer in, in, in his fullest. And it's clear that he's got ideas about there's clear he's got ideas about hearts and that his experience there as a player, because the big one is when he was there as a player, that was a time where Levine was in charge. Um from window to window, we were signing. Uh, there was one, one window we signed about 18 boys, and then it was just changing and changing and changing. Like, that wasn't good enough. He knew the waveform wasn't good enough. Again, another thing that he's, he's, 
he's, he's changed, which is uh, which is mental. Because you consider, if, I don't think I've ever said at Sport Hearts that if only our home form was like our away <laughs> form, uh, we discussed we discussed uh, third by now. So you look at all the, the loads of little wee markers that kind of looked at progress, and I think a big one is there's definitely a mentality aspect. I think he will, he will as a type of manager, type of player, type of personality, will help change a mentality at the at the club. Yeah, and it, it, it certainly looks like he's it's working, which is great. Uh, like I said, we've been impressed with what he said. One, if I had a gripe, there's a couple of things about, <clears throat> I think he's maybe talks too much about Tyne Castle in terms of, you know, it, I like when he talks about, you know, you play for hearts, you, you have to be able to deal with Tyne Castle, et cetera, et cetera. But he's had a couple of times now he said that, you know, the fans can get a bit agitated, the fans need to stick with the players and all that stuff. And I, I do agree with that. Like, it, can we know ourselves? We're the most demanding fans on planet Earth for the, a club that have achieved literally nothing. <laughs> you know, after, <laughs> after 25 minutes, if we are only playing Barcelona-esque football, we're, we're, we're bumping our guns. But I'd look at it more from a, like I say, a mentality thing. Look at, look at Rosenberg, look at the big games that we've had over the years. When Tynecastle is engaged and up for it, then it's the best place for it's the best weapon Hearts can have. But mm-hmm. if you start slow, a bit lackluster, you know you're sitting with with five at the back and two sitting midfielders, etc. Then it, it's got it becomes really difficult to sort of build that momentum type thing. So, but he is definitely changing the mentality. We've we've said loads and loads. I think we're, we've got stats for days about you know since what nineteen ninety or whatever. I think we average four league away wins a season. I think if we what we win our next away game or if we win one more away game, it's the best away record since what nineteen ninety one or something like that. No, so we need it's we need um so in the last in the last thirty two years we've won um there's only been four seasons which have had a better away record than the current one. So if we win, yeah. if we manage to win three away games between now and the end of the season, we'll, we'll be the first time yeah. since 91, 92 that we've won double figures away from home. And you think that in all that lifetime that we've supported Hearts, we've, we've told everybody that will listen that we're the third best team in the country. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of get double digit away wins in a season. So it is good to see. It's great to see. Uh, the mentality, Stephen Naismith, is I'm hoping that he's telling the players about that we've so many missed opportunities. I know that we didn't want to look back, but George Burley, every, that season, everybody thinks hearts were amazing and we were, and that was the reason we finished second. But it was a cul- culmination of things. Rangers capitulated under McLeish that season as well, and we struck when the iron was hot, and we took mm-hmm. full advantage of the fact that they were a mess. This is the worst Rangers side in two decades. It's atrocious. We should be, if you look and say, right, well, we've... Drop points at home to Kilmarnock, Motherwell, Hibs. Uh, who's the other team? Ross, Ross County. You, you start to look through some of them and think they're not. It's no. It's no mental to think that we're capable of beating those teams. We're two 0 up versus Hibs for a two goal lead. You know we've we've been beat one 0 by by Motherwell at home, and their keepers been both on for almost all of that match. You start to look at that and say, well, we're you know, we're one up at Ibrox going into the last, I've got to say, 10 minutes, but that's because we got 10 minutes added on time or whatever crazy situation it was. These are opportunities that Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen, this plagues, plagues our history, where you're not going to get 
Rangers have sorted themselves out. It looks like they probably will with Clement. It looks like if he can get his players in, the identity he wants, you only get small opportunities. So I hope that they're looking at the season and saying, we really had an opportunity here to, to, to get much, much closer to Rangers than we are right now. And we didn't have to spend millions of pounds to break the bank to do it. We just needed to be better in games, better game management. You're 1-0 up away at Aberdeen, you lose 2-1. You're 1-0 up at Ibrox, you lose 2-1. 2-0 up at home against Hibs, you lose, uh, you draw 2 each. They're all opportunities that actual mentality was a bit different. We might have we might have got the points there, so I hope that that's something that, that he's trying to nail into the players, because like, he's a born winner, he's, he's won everywhere that he's been, so that's what I'm hoping to see. I, th- I think there was definitely you. You mentioned that mentality aspect, and the Aberdeen game I think was a big one. And that there was, uh, I think there was frank discussions in the change room after, and also on the Monday um, when they when they sat down. And I think that was there was almost like a line in the sand for the Naismith almost. That just the way he talked about it being because um, he talked about. It, can argue for and against whether uh, there was there was tactics at play. I felt maybe it should have changed the the system in the second half. Um, but he made a big deal about the kind of the, the mentality aspect about kind of could talk talked about getting bullied. So I think that was that that could have been a big turning point. But I do agree that there is just naturally as football fans, you're like you're you're always thinking what could have been. That's just that's just the, the nature of it. And you just look. You you mentioned the home form and. Yeah, it would be nice to get closer to you get closer to Celtic and Rangers, especially with both of them dropping points more regularly than they have done in the last few seasons. From uh, from what I can remember, but you're looking at like that the the drop points like Kilmarnock and um, and Motherwell leading against Hibs. You just think you're already squished. That's like third. That's, third that's exactly the point. Yeah, the, the point is there that you're. It's almost done, you, and it's no. Football fans will sit and they'll, they'll tell you things, you know, if we'd had a corner here and could have scored it, and it becomes all mad stuff, it becomes all tinfoil hat. But actually, if you sit down and say, Robbie Nielsen lost to Dundee and St Mirren, that was it. I think Livingston and Hibs maybe got a point at Tencastle under Robbie Nielsen. His home form was why we finished third, it was is what he built his reputation on. So it's not mad to think that Hearts are capable of beating Kilmarnock, Motherwell, uh, Ross County at home. Uh, derbies are different, so you, you look there and instantly you, you can start to be like, well, actually, that's maybe seven points closer where we should have been. It's no mental to think that Hearts have enough in them to go to Dundee. You look at the goal that we conceded, crazy. You know, even there's another point if we hadn't had a, a brain fart that we could have got. So I get it. That football fans will always connect dots. Rangers fans will be sitting there doing that. They know about winning titles, but it's more about the fact that we really, realistically, could have already have had third wrapped up. Uh, if we'd had the right mentality in those games. And just to circle back on the things you said about the Aberdeen game, I actually think that Stephen Naismith has looked at himself in that one, that the management of Craig Halkett, for example. He chucks Craig Halkett back in, you're 1-0 up at, at Pataudry or whatever it is, and you stick him middle of the centre, centre three. He's not played in however many months, etc. It's probably not the right call, to be honest with you. And, you know, he got... He got ran ragged, they looked like he was throwing a caravan, etc. But he's he's pulled him out, he's brought him back in, he's he's started him, he's not started him. His management of that, almost like an acknowledgement, uh, yeah, probably made mistakes there too. Uh, Lauren Shanklin spoke brilliant after that game as well, you know, about looking around the, the dressing room, you know, or at least did these folk get it? Did they understand 
what it actually takes to be here and stuff. So hopefully the mentality stuff starts to bear fruit because uh, it's been something that we've been we, we talk about at length uh, all the time about us being a soft touch and, and getting our bellies tickled I'd, I'd quite like to, for us to go back to being you know a team for dogs because that's what hearts are all about for me yeah and I think the thing is that's the big thing is that you, you you look at like what could have been but also what has been and there's been, I think there's there's been a lot of positives, and what fills me with a lot of confidence is the fact that it's it's not as if we've started badly and kind of regressed. It's that sorry, started well and regressed. It's that when there's been a constant uh, kind of constant progress. You look at our results. You look at the different ways we've managed to win, and I do think we've been a lot more like scrappy and a lot more uh, niggly and really hard to to play against. Like uh, uh, players themselves, there's there's a lot of players I think who regress at times, but you're actually thinking they're looking back to what we thought they were. Say uh, Kai Rose thought he's looked a lot better, and uh, Nathaniel Atkinson, Alex Cochran, and then the big one from this uh, last season to this season, he's not he's not a world beater, but I think he plays an important role. Like Alan Forrest, just looks yeah. looks different as well, and then I suppose bring it around to Lauren Shankland. He just he looks like uh, just in terms of. His goal scoring stepped up another notch. He's just, just unreal. Yeah, yeah. And just to talk, the players you mentioned there, it's no coincidence that they're all playing their best positions. You mm. know, I think Robbie last season we we changed probably too much, and we were trying to ask folk to go and play in positions. If you look now, like the one that sticks out as a big as a sore thumb in that team is the right hand side. I mean, when Atkinson's not there, Sibbett just can't play that role. And yeah. he, he really sticks out in that position. But then you think, well, actually, he's not a right wing back. You know, yeah. we, we originally fell in love with Toby Sivic because he was a defensive midfielder and then we played him at centre half and then we played him at right back. So it's no surprise that the guys that are turning in and uh, turning into form and finding form are playing in the positions that best suit them. I think the only exception to that is Kingsley. You know, Kingsley's been asked to play on the right hand side of a back three and he, he stuck to it like a duck to water bank. That's more because he's. He's a good player, but it's took him some time to get back into the, the swingy things as well. And Lauren Shankland is just... I, well, I think it's in the comments on one of the last ones here. It's funny, I, I laughed at Livingston on Tuesday because people were moaning about his passing and his link-up play. And, and I'm like, it's been so long since we had a striker do striker things that people yeah. forget what a striker is. I, I couldn't care less if he, if he passes the ball, links play runs runners he's i want him to put the ball in the back of the net and he does it every single time and his goals are half chances at best goal on livingston i actually went through so he's what six and six if you go through the uh, header at celtic park a joke like from a stand basically a standing standing start he's absolutely he's half volleyed a header like it flies (laughs) past joe hartler's no saving that his finishes against uh his finishes against Ross County, St Mirren. St Mirren one is a joke, mate. Yeah. It's Terry on esque. It's outrageous. And his finish against Ross County is for me is the best of the lot. His goal, obviously, his goal at Easter Road is unbelievable. But the the Ross County one is just it's so composed. Yeah. You know you've you've done the keeper. The keeper didn't dive. He had so all the scenarios in the goalkeeper seed where he thinks what could happen here or where it's gonna go. He had no idea he was gonna side foot a volley into the bottom corner along the ground. They never even bothered to even die for it. And then the Livingston, 
that's we're so used to it now that we're if Liam Boyce had scored that goal, we'd be we'd be singing about it for the rooftops because it's Lauren Shankland. It's almost like huh, another goal for Shankland. <laughs> it's uh, he's he's turned into. Cause I remember the last couple of last few seasons. You look at Craig Gordon, where other fans are like looking at his saves and he's going, "That is that's world class." And we're like, "Yeah, that's kind of just um, what, what we what we what he, what he does, what we expect." And it's getting to that point where with, with, with Shankland because. He just scores so he scores so many different goals, like right foot, left foot, headers. I think he's I think his aerial ability is still underrated by by a lot of people. I don't think um, quite realise just how good a player in the, the how good a player he is in the air. But you, you you take that and he's still he talked about his pass and his running. He's still an incredible footballer outside the box where you I know there's um like last season he, he got moved around and sometimes you do that because at, at times he was our most creative forward and our best striker and he's just he's he's just like the the whole package without pace. That's the only thing he's missing. And if he had pace he wouldn't be hearts. No I and I don't think he needs it either. Like, no to be honest with you, I don't think he needs it. And you look at the amount of goals he scored and you start to think about a, a striker when he pace you're expecting, you know, cutbacks and tap ins and Almost all of his goals are from near enough all of his own creation. You know, look at mm-hmm. look at the, the goals at, uh, against Livingston. He's out right right wing with Allen with the two wingers. You know, the exact same as the sort of goal he scored in the Scottish Cup versus uh, Hibs last season, but from the opposite side, he's out on the touchline, playing playing balls, making runs, etc. etc. He's he is unbelievable. He's so quick. He's like like Robbo used to say as well. He's he's quick between the eyes, and sometimes that's all that matters and it's mm-hmm. been a long long time since we've had a player that he occupies two players every single time now maybe not physically they might not go man for man with him but he's in the minds of everybody in that back line because he's header left foot right foot inside the box outside the box half volley volley it, he's dangerous and you can see it's no surprise that Alan Forrest and Vargas and Odas and these guys are finding spaces in, in behind because the centre halves are just they're they're scared of Shankland, so they, they spend all of the time worrying about Shankland. They can't they miss runners. You know, you look at Vargas's goal again against Livingston. Even Shankland plays a big part in that way of running. You know, he takes he, he takes defenders away so that there's space for for Forrest to run into and Vargas to run into. So yeah, he's his all round play is unbelievable. He's invaluable to Hearts. I, I don't think I, on the kind of physical side of things, I actually don't um, think it's appreciated just how much he's we've seen it we've seen at Livingston uh, how how much he's manhandled and like uh, like how much like he gets hit and um, takes kind of t- um, takes the physical side of things from opposition defenders. He's because he's so good at using his body. Then other uh, defenders get frustrated. They start tugging at him. They start pushing him. They start prodding him. And it's uh, he should very much bias in this uh, instance, but he should get a lot more free kicks than he does. Yeah, and I, we just spoke about there with Halkett. The first mm-hmm. fifteen minutes of that game, that Guffrey, they were Kent and Halkett were were five yards off him. Every single long ball up the park, every he won every header. He chased every ball into the corner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then. Halkett and, and Kent were like, right, we're probably not going to win headers against him because he's tall, so we'll just start pulling him, holding on to him, tugging him, stopping him for jump. That happens to Shankland every single game, but he still scores. You know, Kent and, and Halkett sucked the life out of Guthrie and he was never a threat for the rest of that game. 
whereas Halkett got the same thing, got pushed, got prodded, got pulled. Like the, the again, comical VR. No, even looking at the fact that the boy ripped the, the top clean off his back before he had his looping header that hit the bar. He does it all the time. Like he, he does it constantly, and he probably should get more fouls than than what he does. But I like the fact that he gets on it. Like I think he quite likes that that part of the game. He looks like he yeah, does anyway. He does. I think he does. He's always he's always uh, smiling and, and, and laughing. And uh, before we move on from Shankland, how much uh, for you? How much would you uh, take? Uh, how much would it take for uh, to sell? Well, I, we can't sell. It's as simple as that. Uh, we hearts have to, and I, I'm sure the club will be doing it anyway. If we as goals will get to Europe this year, there is mm-hmm. absolutely no denying that. So. How much are those goals worth? He's got a seat. He's got two seasons, well, a half a season and another full season with his left. His goals will get his Europe the following season. So you're looking at, but anywhere between five, seven million pounds worth of value for us getting to Europe across two seasons. No one's going to pay 10, 15 million pounds for him, and I think that that's his true value. I keep saying to Hearts fans, I said it on my own podcast the other day, have a conversation with a Celtic fan and say, oh. Kyogo's going to be sold for less than three million. They'll laugh at you. They'll yeah. laugh you at the room. Same with Dessers, and he's terrible at Rangers. The Rangers wouldn't accept that. Lon Shankland is the best striker in Scotland by a country mile. If he goes to the Euros, he'll score goals for Scotland as well. So the idea that Hart should be looking for anywhere between three and five million pounds is laughable. You get a boot. You would get a boot for that. Uh, what I hope to happen? Club breaks the bank. If we've got ambition, we want to be ambition. Go, go, sit him down. Start talking about legacy. You know, he's he's two goals away from the schedule. That's mental. He's he's what four goals away from fifty. Jamie Walker, the last player to do that, and before that, it was John Robertson. I think it was decades. Uh, start talking about the fact that you stay for another three seasons, score the goals that you are making the highest paid player, put in a proper release clause, and say you know come keep scoring goals. We'll put a release clause in if somebody meets the value and you're interested, then we'll. We'll sell you. Otherwise, the only the only viable reason or other scenario is to let him run his contract then, because he's too valuable to Hearts. There's an argument to say you'll get to fifty before February, maybe middle of February, you'll get to fifty goals for Hearts. He could be close to seventy-five goals come the end of the season. Like he's that good, he's that ridiculous. He's the club's joint top European goal scorer. He'll probably score and and become the, the top goal scorer in Europe for the club. I'd rather he left for free than sold for for anything under ten million pounds. Yeah, um, uh, it's a few weeks last month, a month ago, six weeks ago, I would have said nothing, nothing less than five million. But yeah, I'm very much like as 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 the game has gone on, it just added more and more value to him. And the big thing is is that. It's not as if his game is around pace, like we talked about. That it's his value, like because he's he's not going to get any slower, so it's, his value is not going to be taken away from that. Uh, let's move on before we finish to some quick fire ones. What um, what has most impressed you about the season? Shankland, Shankland, Shankland is. Uh, I thought he was good last season, uh, and he did score a lot of penalties. But the fact that he's now just missing penalties for fun and still <laughs> score, still the top the league's top goal scorer, uh, he's added different things to his game. Things I didn't think he had in him last season is his heading ability. 
Rosenberg, Celtic Park, Ibrox, he scored headers, unbelievable, but he's now scoring absolute worldies as well, for fun, like I said. Uh, so, yeah, probably Shanklin's been the most impressive this season. Biggest disappointment? The start to the season. I think we, we, we really left a lot of points on the table. We probably mm. should be sitting comfy and third. Uh, and again, you talk, we talked there at length about mentality. We actually end the season terribly. This this period of time from January to the split and then the split to the end of the season were garbage. So Stephen Naismith and the mentality, they really need to make sure that that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen or we're going to have a repeat of Aberdeen last season. Uh, so yeah, we, we've we probably left too many points on the table. What's been your best? What's been the best moment for you? It's hard, isn't it? Because obviously Rosenberg was incredible, uh, but we've beat Celtic at Celtic Park. Yeah. Who who doesn't like a ninety third minute winner uh, versus Hibernian? That's always fun. Uh, I don't. Know, I quite liked. A, a random, I like Vargas smashing the bar versus Aberdeen because it was <laughs> inches away from being an absolute belter and I don't know why but people that play uh, come to Hearts for South America I just want them to be heroes they are my, they're the, the idols of who I want to put up their role <laughs> in Shanklin so I was desperate for it to go in but uh, yeah Rosenberg you kind of beat Rosenberg yeah that was, that was, that was, that was brilliant um, worst moment It's going to have to be the Derby thing, Castle. Yeah, yeah, they were, and I, this sounds so bitter, but they are, they are so bad. I've not seen a team try to play in Scotland playing rigid four four two in straight lines since Jimmy Calder with Dunfermline in nineteen ninety seven or whatever. <laughs> and, and for us, they were, they were there. They, we just put the ball in the, put the ball in the, the stand and face up that throw in, and we probably win three or four. So uh, that ah, that's the frustrating thing. I thought. Uh, yeah, that the frustrating thing is, is that other than that, those stupid ninety seconds, thought we were actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, that that game as well. Um, who has been who's been the best signer? Frankie Kent. Yeah. What about the sign? I'm not. I'm not going to use the uh, term worse, but what's uh, uh, what's a what's a who's a signing you you want to see more from? All of them, to be honest with you. I mm. think that. I like Joe Savage had talking at the AGM, said, you know, we, we've tried the Australia market, the, the Japanese market and stuff, and we maybe can't afford to have as many punts as what we do. So, like, you know, I look at Denham and contrast them to Hoff, and I think at Hoff, he's probably got all the same attributes that we like about Cammy Devlin, but then so does, so does Denham. So it's like, why have we travelled halfway across the world to bring in players that we kind of have here? So I'd like to see more from I like to see more from Hoff. I think that we need. I think he's got the ability to do it. You see it in flashes where he he's brilliant at carrying the ball forward uh, uh, and getting us up the park. I'd probably like to see probably like to see just a wee bit more, uh, a wee bit more from Hoff. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I would I would agree with that one. Um, what and finally, what's been the biggest surprise? The turnaround. I'll be honest. I didn't see it. Uh, I think heading into the Motherwell away game, I think there was just too much the the noises the noise coming out of the club around the Frankie McAvoy stuff and them doing joint joint interviews standing holding hands with each other and all that it was just it was embarrassing and it was like as soon as we we stopped winning matches we just knew that 
the noise was going to come. You know, we're too big a football club, we're too stable, got too much money coming in from the fans to have been taking a punt on an under-18s manager. So at those points there, we went to Motherwell before the international break, I genuinely thought, this is this has got the writing on the wall here. Like Motherwell, typical away game where we're normally absolutely rubbish. But we were brilliant that day, played really well. And since then, we've had a couple of hiccups. You know, the Rangers games, the Aberdeen games, the one that sticks out the most. But probably the turnaround to be sitting where we are now, a game in hand, potential to go eight points, clear and third uh, in front of Kilmarnock. Yeah, the turnaround, it's been impressive. Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on that. We we talked about it a fair bit earlier on the season in that it's... (laughs) It got to the point where it was it was similar to Nielsen, where it was just like every game was a must-win game, and it's t- it gets tiresome when it's when it's like that. But it's and you just wondering it's like and when it gets to such a situation, like how how does a manager turn around? And well, by just winning constantly, winning games, winning games, winning games, and winning games where where it puts more credit in the bank. For example, Celtic Park, for example, yeah. Hibs. And that when hiccups do come, you go right. That's fine. We'll just start again, and you know it builds trust. I think the Ross County game was a massive one for that. You're two 0 down at home to Ross County. Mm-hmm. That's that's a CV breaker. I don't know. That's, it might sound big headed or too arrogant, but Hearts shouldn't be losing at home to Ross County. That's that is in the brackets of an unacceptable home defeat. But to come back and get two each, you then start to you you soften and go. Well, they're only form. They had a preseason. They had two weeks off. Yeah. <laughs> Their manager absolutely slaughtered them in the press, telling them that they were garbage. So well, they're going to come out. And then you also have to look at the VAR decision. That's no nil. We get a penalty. You've got a chance to go one nil up. It's never a free kick for the 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 Yandanda free kick, which is a belter. So I think the Ross County one for me was the one that. You know, I sent you a big petulant uh, WhatsApp <laughs> when we were two, when we were two nil down. But that was the one that that, that changes the narrative. Do you know what I mean? Because this mm-hmm. side isn't, you know, show ponies. Or it's not just a flash in the pan. It's got a bit about them, uh, and I liked that. And I liked that about us. So that was the one that impressed me the most. Nice one, Liam. Thank you very much for coming on to talk about the season so far. I might get you back on later on in the month and to look ahead to the rest of the season. Uh, but until then, people who are watching, listening, thank you very much. Be sure to check heartstand.co.uk for all the latest from Hearts, including a uh, uh, chat with Stephen A. Smith about the recruitment process. But until then, thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>